Hey guys, this is Brandy Rhodes, and you're listening to another wrestling podcast. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. All right, all right, all right. There he goes. Welcome to another wrestling podcast. This is episode 199. We're almost at the brink of 200 episodes. I'm your Mark of Marks, Credo. And I am Minority Mike. Oh shit, he's here this week. I'm here, I'm like Brock Lesnar, I come when I fucking please. <laughs> Live via I satellite. Am and the social assassin, if you didn't know this already, Angry Cooter, bitches. Guys, guys, uh, one hell of a week for pro wrestling, but you know, as, as we approach 200, before we get into what happened, uh, once again, anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. There is 199 episodes if you you can listen to. There's a lot of YouTube stuff aside from the podcast. A lot of other crazy things on there. Anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Guys, before we get into anything, though, we have on the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Joining us today, we have Hollywood, the Royal Hawaiian, and Lightning, the original women of uh, Globe. The Netflix show to the old show. What was the difference and whatnot? So these ladies are going to be joining us, guys. We got a uh, we got a lot of glow happening tonight. Yeah, hey, I got to hear this. This this uh, this could be interesting, Credo. Kind of right up my alley. Do you guys remember watching it at all back then? I remember I, th- I remember stumbling upon it, and I knew the WWE, and I had no idea what I was watching because I was like, all I knew was WWE. So when I turned on Glow, I was like, well, is it still WWE or what is this? It's totally different. So. It was uh, it was its own entity, if you will. So uh, I, I never came across it on television. I don't even know what fucking station it was on. I have when I was a child, late night TV. The little ne- kid. No, that was channel ninety nine on your cable box. That was the porno channel, Mike. That wasn't Glow. Well, I mistaken it for that. I was looking <laughs> for the porno channel, and I came across that stuff when I was a kid. I I mean, I saw I was a huge professional wrestling growing up anyway. So when I came across this, it actually. You know, stumbling across Glow was like the first thing that I actually watched outside of the WWF at the time. So it was like it was kind of weird for me at first because, like, you know, when you're young and you're that age, you always think that like the WWF is the only thing professional wrestling going on. And then when you see that, you're just kind of confused. And I I continued watching it because it was a lot of ladies, and I was at that you know age where. it's a little curious. <laughs> Strange things were happening to Mike Cologne, and he just couldn't explain it. Well, from that to the the hit Netflix Glow TV show now, and uh, also I think there's a documentary on Netflix about Glow, so check it out. It's pretty interesting. But we'll be talking to those ladies very soon, or three of the OGs, the original gangsters of Glow. We're going to be talking to them soon, so stay tuned for that. But guys, uh, we were all out for StarCast. We weren't in Chicago but we watched it. We were all in for that pay-per-view Saturday night. Uh, guys, let's get right into it because I think uh, at the end of the day, if you talk about all in as a whole, I think it was just a variety of everything for any wrestling fan from the awesome wrestling to the comedic side to fucking a bunch of dicks walking down to the ring. Like there was everything and everything <laughs> like a lot of stuff you'll never see on WWE. So I give them credit. Uh, a lot of production fumbles, but I mean, it's not it's not produced by a monster. They didn't have like, you know, 20 trucks out there producing it. So I give them credit for what they did. And as a whole. I loved it. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, and this is the future of pro wrestling, guys. What did you think about All In? I absolutely loved it. 
Uh, I, I, I've been looking forward to this event ever since you know they announced it, and just the build-up for it was just great. And I don't know, it, was, it just had that special feel to it that like it, it, you knew this was something special because it had nothing to do with Vince McMahon. They sold out the arena. They said they were going to do ten thousand seats, and they did what was it, eleven thousand and eleven thousand two hundred sixty-three. Crazy. Yeah. They exceeded what they said they were going to do. And then I, I personally think the show is great. Them sitting in that arena for five plus hours. You see how drawn out the fans are towards the end of the night and how just reckless they are. And then you see the beach balls going around. You didn't see that at this show. From the beginning of the zero hour pre-show to the very end, this the fans, the, the crowd was just lively. It was just a really good crowd for this event. And, and respectful, Cologne. That's very respectful, too. I mean, I, I, I couldn't go enough about praising that crowd. The match that I was looking forward to the most, or I thought delivered, was Cody versus Nick Aldis. I, mm. I th- that was my favorite match of the entire show. because, And I think it was because of the fact that I was so invested heavily into the match because of I watched the, the 10 Pounds of Series, or 10 Pounds of Gold Series that NWA, NWA put out. And they just made you get invested into this title match. They 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 brought the NWA title back to life. I think Nick Aldis was a great champion, but I, I just you got so emotionally invested into this journey that Cody was going on, and it was great. And all the other matches just fantastic too. It, this was by far one of the best events of the year so far. I, I can't agree more. I mean, I caught the uh, the Cody. Uh, Nick Aldis match I thought that was amazing and it's a great moment for Cody Rhodes to hold up the belt that his father had I mean Jesus Christ what more could you ask for and let me tell you the pop of the night for me wasn't the Joey Ryan dicks credo I don't care what you say <laughs> All right. I, I think the best part of the night was Chris Jericho surprise when he switched with Pentagon when the lights went out and just goes and beats the shit out of Kenny Omega that was fucking cool for me uh, I wish I could be on that cruise right now. I mean, that looks like it's going to be a fucking fun time. You know, what, how about this, guys? What was your bathroom break? And I'm not talking about, you know, like, oh, it's a Divas match. I'm going to go do whatever. Uh, I'm talking about, like, when is the actual time you had to piss? Because the actual time I had to go piss was the Marty Scroll match and Oka- uh, Okada match to where I, I'm, I'm still I, – I still don't get Okada. Like, I'm not saying anything. Like, I, I get it. I get what he is, where he's from, whatever, but I, I actually left to go pee that time, so I only saw parts of it. I still got to rewatch that match, but I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a big Japanese fan of the Okadas, you know what I'm saying? But uh, Listen, uh, I, hate, I hate Okada. I, I know, I hate Okada. Not because he's Japanese like Credo. You I'm know, not Japanese. But, no, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying I don't like Okada, not because... He's Japanese the way that Credo hates the Japanese. I hate Okada because I just don't get him same. Listen, let me tell you something. I did something special for All In. There were no bathroom breaks, no. ladies and gentlemen. None. I had Snapple bottles on <laughs> deck. All right? I was chilling. Filling shits. I was filling up the fucking Snapple bottles full of straight piss warm beer. And God damn. I, no, I didn't. And he was drinking it. Yeah, it's like no, a bad porno. We're doing two cups. No, who no. was the boxer that did that? That was Marquez. Marquez. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know the thing. The thing about the Marty Scroll and Okada match. I mean, I was, I was also invested in that one too because 
in order to really get invested into that match, you had to really watch Being the Elite. And if you didn't really watch Being the Elite, that's still like, you know, a big match, but you, you wouldn't really understand the storyline. See, the storyline behind that was once they announced the match, people were pretty much ruling out Marty Scroll, saying he was too small and he couldn't compete with a guy like Okada. And so everybody kept saying he was fucked. That was the exact words. And there was this one scene that I actually just, I, I couldn't help but laugh my ass off. Was on one of the episodes of Being the Elite, Marty Scrolls walking down the hallway and he walks right into Okada. And Okada just, he doesn't say a word to him, he just looks at him. And with his hands, he motions 205 and it walks away. And freaking uh, Zack Sabre Jr. comes out of nowhere and just tells him how fucked he is. Because they kept making fun of how small he was. And then their go-home show, which they literally called the go-home show, the show before All In. (laughs) Marty Scroll cut this promo that was by far one of the greatest promos I've heard this guy cut ever. And he called himself the Rain Stopper. Which I thought was great. (laughs) That was actually done at our friends up at Heroes Hideout in Rensselaer, New York. Believe it or not, they they, 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 saw that. Yeah, and uh, you know, so uh, about this too, because you're talking about the this whole pay per view is kind of built around a YouTube show, if you will. Uh, granted, uh, mix it with New Japan, Ring of Honor, whatever, but all a lot of the storylines were from their Be Elite show, right? So being elite, uh, which is I, I think a first. I mean, WWE doesn't book their pay per views around all their YouTube shows. You know what I mean? So that was kind of a different. I, I, I guess venture, if you will, because uh, once again, yeah, if you didn't watch any of that show, you had no idea, if you will, any of the storylines going into it. But with that said, even if you didn't know any of the storylines, the overall show was entertaining, whether you knew what was going on or you didn't know what was going on, because not to bring up the dicks again, but I didn't expect the whole uh, a plethora of dicks. Is that how, I don't know, uh, <laughs> walking down to the ring. Uh, that it's was bag, was that a bag of dicks? A bag of dicks. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. I really did. I mean, and then for people that don't watch Being the Elite, the, the whole storyline behind that was pretty much Hangman and, and Joey Ryan had a beef over, I, I, I believe it was who had the bigger dick. Or he kept calling him the dick pretender. And then I guess Hangman got embarrassed by Joey Ryan at an event. So then Hangman went to Joey Ryan's hotel room and murdered him, allegedly. And that was the whole storyline, who murdered Joey Ryan. And... <laughs> I love it. And that's how they Fuck. built the... And and as corny and as stupid as it sounds, they did a hell of a great job making this one of the most entertaining storylines. And it was like it was like kind of like who shot JR or people were trying to figure it out. Well, one funny thing, too, is I don't know how you guys watched it. I was watching it on the Honor Club. And from what I understood, or maybe I'm wrong, I thought the first hour was going to be exclusive to the Fight app. And then it would, you know, then at eight o'clock or whatever, it would turn on for the Honor Club. And when I was like playing around with it, I, I was on the Honor Club, and at the bottom, it didn't even say anything about all in. It just said test, and they had the feed going through, and it had the <laughs> I, I, I was able to watch the battle royal, if you will, uh, beforehand with. A lot of names who probably shouldn't have been there. We won't get into that. <laughs> oh, no. You know what? We're getting into that, Credo. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's talk about the old men. you got to put him on the list. <laughs> Can you just put him on the list? Say his name and put him on the list. The name put that, that shall that not be said. Put on the list. <laughs> uh, Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. On stop, the list. man. God. Just stop. Just, and, like, and you, you've become the old guy now in wrestling. Uh, like, uh, he's become, like, the I, old, he's I, hanging around too long. You know what I'm saying? It's, I loved what you've done. I have nothing against you. But at the same time, it's like, stop. 
it's like he's trying to be young by association, so he's trying to hang out with all the young hip people and just stop. Oh, Eric, I'm out. Somebody <laughs> explain to me why. Like, listen, if you listen to, to, to Tony Schiavone's podcast, they they had at the end of the episode, I think it was, uh, God, what the fuck pay-per-view it was, when Diamond Dallas Page finally won the belt. And then they interviewed him after, you know, the watch-along. And he tells a story about uh, Cody Rhodes and watching him in, in the high school championships and, and being there and watching him front row and all this stuff with his dad there. So it was really cool hearing that interview and then watching him walk Cody down to the ring because that was kind of like a little cool storyline if you if you heard that episode. Hmm. Uh, why the fuck Tommy Dreamer <laughs> walked him down the ring? Dude, man, you got to zoom out when Tommy's in the shot. Zoom way the fuck out because if Tommy's like... Off to the side, and you're trying to. You're only gonna fit a quarter of his head in the shot with the rest of the motherfuckers in there. Well, the reason behind the, the people walking him down to the ring, there was in the episode, one of the episodes of Ten Pounds of Gold. All those people were, I guess, really close with Dusty and no, Glacier, Glacier especially, um, surprisingly. And then actually, Glacier. I didn't know this until I watched this episode, but Glacier has his own strength and conditioning school down in Georgia. And this guy is training like NFL athletes. And Cody Rhodes is one of the guys that he was training. Uh, which I didn't know Glacier was, you know, big in the training like that. But he was literally training like NFL combine athletes down there. So, I mean, and he named them the Nightmare Family. That's why they walked him down. They, they kind of made it feel like they, they made it that big fight feel where you thought you were watching UFC for a second. And it was cool how, like... Uh, Nick Aldis walked out with all the NWA representatives Jeff and they were Jarrett, all in like, the suits. Yeah. What I did find funny, you know, we were joking around a little bit, it was that uh, if you book the show, you always book yourself to, to, to win the fucking championship. Well, here's the thing about that. you know, Everybody says, oh, Cody booked himself to win. It's his show. You got to remember, the NWA is owned by Billy Corgan. The yeah, young he had to Cody approve Rhodes. that shit. They had no say in who wins that title. Cody... Uh, Billy Corgan has the say in who wins and then honestly having Cody win that match was the smartest decision business wise for the NWA oh, for sure because now that's that's gonna put their NWA title in a bigger spotlight than where it was I mean when Nick Aldis won that title he won it in front of 200 people and now he's defending it in front of 10,000 and now that title can now be defended probably at Madison Square Garden WrestleMania weekend, which I don't think we've ever seen the NWA title defended at Madison Square Garden ever. Mm. So that, that's that's something that that's history right there. That's huge. It's what? crazy to me because it's not only just like Ring of Honor, you got NWA guys in this, you had New Japan, but you also had people from Impact Wrestling. So you got like represented by a shitload of promotions. It just kind of brings me back and makes me think of that the pay-per-view that they had where it was AWA and fucking, I want to say it was Jim Crockett promotions was, was involved. And maybe even like, uh, I think Devon Eric's were involved in that deal too. And it, they all like had that big giant super show. And I remember, I think it was when Jerry Lawler won the AWA belt and you know, 
basically never defended it because he never got paid. Thanks, Vern. But you, you get what I'm saying. It was just cool to see a bunch of promotions all represented under that one banner for one night. And, and while that's happening with all the promotions, WWE's in China with John Cena debuting his sixth move of doom. <laughs> that was the worst Jesus thing ever. Christ. All in all, though, I mean, All In was great. I think the only gripe I think anybody had was that how they had to get out by 11 sharp because once again you take wwe for granted because oh we'll go to 11 15 we'll just pay an extra twelve thousand dollars or whatever it is you know what i mean to where they can pay for those extra minutes that you go over but seriously if they went over a minute after 11 that's a lot more money that they probably even had so it's like you take it for granted sometimes but it sucks that it had to be rushed a little bit but i mean come on They, they pulled off an amazing feat that weekend and I think oh, they absolutely. put I think they put themselves on notice with uh, hopefully all major networks and hopefully somebody will give uh, Ring of Honor or them somebody a deal to compete against WWE. And, and, and you know, and at first, like before the show happens, I was always I was trying to figure out why the NWA title wouldn't close out the show because that was the only match on that card that really had a story behind it, and and me personally was invested in, and why the Young Bucks were closing the show. I mean, obviously it's their show. Um, and now that I look back at it, you know, I'm kind of happy the NWA title match didn't close the show because of the time constraints. And it would have been rushed. It would have been rushed, and you wouldn't have gotten that reaction at the end. I mean, like, and I, I forgot to bring this up, but that once the three count was counted in that match, I mean, that before they even started the music, before they even announced the winner, that crowd, that standing ovation the crowd gave Cody, that was, I haven't seen anything like that in pro wrestling in the longest time. So that's what made that show special to me. And I'm just happy they didn't close the show. No, definitely. You know, my, my final thought, guys, you're talking about how Glacier does strength and conditioning. Tommy, give that motherfucker a call. <laughs> well, guys, uh, fuck off my TV, too. We'll get right into the week that was, but stay tuned because right now we're going to talk to some gorgeous ladies of wrestling. When you got that phone, you feel the wind. Everybody, we have the gorgeous ladies of wrestling joining us. We have Hollywood, the Royal Hawaiian, and Lightning joining us right now. Ladies, uh, how's it going? Good, great. Thank you for having us. Well, ladies, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Now, uh, uh, first and foremost, you know, a lot of people who maybe uh, didn't grow up in the 80s are finding Uh out about Glow uh, after the hit Netflix series. Uh, first off, did you like what they have done with your story and how it was how it was portrayed to the world, if you will? I know they got to change a few things for Hollywood, but did you like what they did with the the series? That's funny. This is Hollywood speaking, and um, when the first season first came out, I loved it. And you know what? Just like what you said, it's Hollywood, so you have to make things a little bit more colorful um, so that it, it blends well. But it's not a it's not exactly our story. You know, some things they hit and some things they don't, but I loved it. I think it's getting more exciting as the seasons have progressed. So I think season two is, was, I liked it better than one, and I'm looking forward to three even being better. But like Hollywood said, it is, it is about our story, but it's not exactly, you know, true to, true to form with it. But I'm happy about it. It's, I think they've done a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things that are not exactly, but that's okay. I I really enjoyed it. This is Lightning, and I enjoyed it also. 
but I was thinking that on this last uh, season that the uh, the stuff that they were doing, the kind of sketchy stuff they were throwing in, all I was thinking was, hey, why didn't we think of that? Why didn't we do that? Because uh, <laughs> <we, laughs> it is. Some of the stuff just, it's silly stuff that they would have eventually made up for us to do, which was kind of cool sure, to now, see this stuff. For sure. Now, uh, if we could just briefly tell maybe some of the listeners out there uh, how maybe each and each one of you landed in the world of GLOW. Is there just a little uh, brief story about basically how you came upon it uh, back in the 80s? Uh, this is Hollywood. So for me, it was an audition. I went down to, to the audition in Hollywood at the Hyatt Sunset. Um, from there... We went into training Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and um, they needed 12 girls. That's it. So out of those 500 or however many were at that particular audition, they started weeding out people. And our trainer was Wanda Guerrero, and it was awesome because here we are being trained by this professional, and then we do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then we would we get all beat up and have to go back into the work that, to the next day. But the interesting thing is that all they needed was 12, and I happened to be one of the 12 that they picked. And I will tell you quickly before April comes on, what happened, the, the reason I was hired is because Wando said, which one of you ladies can ram your head into the turnbuckle land and land over and land on your back, turn over and land on your back? And I said, I can do it. And I raised my hand first, boom. In David McLean's eyes, he goes, there's my first glow girl right there. <laughs> so there, that's my story. So I'll just piggyback with Hollywood because I was at the same audition as Hollywood. And I worked in Hollywood. <laughs> and I, my agent was across the hall from me in the same building. And at the time, I was doing a lot of hula and a lot of dancing and some other shows. And so when the call came through to them, they said, hey, there's an audition. We don't know what the show is. It's for some pilot show. And they're looking for ethnic characters. And so he said, why don't you go over to the audition? So I went, and it was like Hollywood said, at the Hyatt on Sunset. And um, she was there. There was I, I say there were more like 800 girls. I don't know. And halfway through, when they said, oh, this is for a wrestling pilot, half the girls or a third of the girls got up and left. Mm. And so fortunately for me, I hung around like Hollywood did and we got picked and I was one of the 12 as well. So we did the pilot and, uh, was a lot of fun. And then I went into season one as one of the trainers for the future girls for season one. And then unfortunately I got injured and then I left after season one. All right. So that's my beginning and end. I, a boyfriend was watching, uh, glow with me on TV cause it just started airing. And at the end of it, um, I said I, I could do that, and he basically made fun of me. And uh, I ended up faking a resume and sending it to them because they had a tag at the end of the show if you think you got the stuff, you glow girl. So, and then I just they they liked what I sent in. I faked a resume or whatever, and they just uh, kept calling me back to look at me. And I ended up in Vegas. Same thing. There was. A, you know, 80 girls or something, and then uh, it was kind of like a really long audition where girls were injured, and then they'd be gone, or they just didn't want to do it. After one day, they're like, I'm out of here. So it just kept narrowing down. Ten, gate, turn, ten girls would be gone, and then one girl would be gone, and then five girls would be gone, and everybody just got picked off until the final amount of girls that they wanted was left, and 
then they started naming people off, and I became lightning. Did did everybody click well from the girls that they picked out? I guess on the seasons, because I know not everybody in the world is going to get along. But I mean, uh, for the girls that they did have, uh, did did it seem like everybody pretty much got along uh, inside and outside of the ring? Uh, good question, Steve. When you put a lot of ladies together, a lot of girls, especially twenty year olds who have attitudes. Uh, there's going to be a little animosity, but for the most part, we got along. The only person that I had um, issues with was the farmer's daughter. And we had three of them, and this was the first farmer's daughter. But the interesting thing about why we had that, you know, the same people. And we're thinking, I'm not losing. I'm not going to lose to you. And so when we got in the ring, it meant more than it was when I was in the ring with uh, Americana or if I was in the ring with Tara the Southern Belle. Mm -hmm. When her and I got together, it was war. And it was like, here's two young <laughs> girls, and they're 20-year-olds, and, and, and I'm a heel, and we all know heels back then never won. So, <laughs> you know... <laughs> So, you know, but for the most part, I would say 95%, we did our job, and you know, you know, and kayfabe was huge back then, so you stayed away um, from everybody, but that was my experience in my, in seasons one through four, actually. I actually was uh, a tag team partner with Donna Shred, and she was a great wrestler, great actress, very, you know, real pretty girl, great body, you know. But she kind of, she was the hot tamale. And unfortunately, she had the hot temper, too. So we got along, and like Hollywood said, for the most part, 95% of us, we worked well. You know, we did what we needed to do. No, we couldn't get seen with the good girls, but sometimes we did. And, I mean, my my roommate was a Americana, and she's the one that I wrestled the most, you know. But, but in public, we didn't, you know, appear that way. You know, we were the good girl and the bad girl. But Spanish Red, even though she was my tag team partner, we just butted heads. I mean, and it was good at the beginning, and then it just got, you know, a little difficult to, to work with her, you know. And I wasn't the only one, but, you know, she was a great wrestler. You know, the, the fans loved her. She was just hot, you know. But sure. we were a good tag team, you know, as far as for the show and everything. Yeah, we were great. She had good chemistry. You two had good chemistry. I, I, and can I reiterate mm -hmm. that? You know, you put two girls, my tag team partner was Vine, and Vine was from Canada. She was from Toronto, and so she's my partner. And you put two girls in the same tag team matches, in the same sketches, and in the same room together, and that, after a <laughs> while, is not healthy. You know, all of a sudden we're doing yeah. our sketches, like Lightning was saying, and she's like, uh, your hair's in my way. And I'm like, well, your hair's in my way. And I mean, it just got like that. So, <laughs> sure. you know, the, most of the time, yeah, you, you guys needed, you guys needed some time away from each other. You needed to break your step so much time together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most of us uh, got along uh, and everybody was professional. So, yeah, I mean, uh, when I left glow and I went over to do pro wrestling, I really noticed the difference between, uh, the pros were, uh, you know, a lot more like every man for himself. And Glow was all for one and one for all. We really did pull pull together. You know, I mean, and, and of course you got your little uh, 
personalities here and there, but, uh, but it was great. I mean, everybody did what they needed to do. We all laughed together. You know, we were sarcastic together. Um, yeah. I mean, it was very rare that anything was like nasty or anything like that between we were too busy to get, you know, that way, you know? Uh, so you said you went from glow to pro wrestling. How was that transition for you though? Uh, I mean, it was a two different worlds at that time or what did you, I don't know. How, how did you like the difference, uh, from glow to, to that? Well, uh, the girls that I was working with, I went over to a show called LPWA and really top notch wrestlers. But they hated glow and in turn were giving me shit for being a glow girl. I mean, I was always being uh, hassled uh, for being a glow girl. Attitude, it was like, it was like uh, bitchiness towards me. Mm. And the ones that were the real true pros there, the ones that, legends they're the ones that actually tried to teach me stuff on the side and uh accepted me uh, you know gave me the respect of a human being and wasn't looking at me like oh she's glow girl mm-hmm. you know i actually had to try to live glow down mm-hmm. when i first started doing pro work and once i you know could handle myself in the ring um because it's a lot of just freestyle you know, wrestling, when you do live shows, it isn't uh, choreographed from beginning to end. It's more like uh, it's more like a chess game. You know, you're thinking five moves in advance, trying to figure out if I do this move, it'll lead to this move and that move. She'll most likely do this or that move, which then I can throw this move. Sure. So, um, yeah, I just got really good. And... Um, and like I said, the girls that were the true professionals, they they uh, taught me, you know, and the other ones were just, you know, petty about glow. Sure. In 2018, uh, there's a lot of wrestling going on in the world. Uh, with uh, the, the top of the mountain, if you will, the WWE, they're putting on an all-women's pay-per-view next month uh, called Evolution. Yep. Um, do you ladies happen to watch any wrestling today, uh, or do you just on your own opinion, how do you think it's from what you ladies did in the past, how it's pretty much, uh, revolutionized to, to t- today, women's wrestling to where, how it's come, uh, many miles, if you will, I guess from right. what it started out to be, uh, are you kind of proud of what the girls are doing now to where kind of you, uh, set the set in pace, you know? Uh, yeah, Steve, I, I don't watch a ton of it, but I still like to watch some of it. Mm-hmm. And first of all, we'll never forget where our, where, our, where the pioneers came from. You never forget, you know, the Mildred Burks and uh, the Penny Banners who laid that foundation down, you know, for us. Uh, but yeah, watching those ladies, they're more athletic now. I don't necessarily see it all TNA. I see a lot of athletic women coming up and just doing a, a fantastic job. And I, I, for one, am really proud of them. I look at them all, they're not just eye candy out there. They're really busting their, um, they don't have balls. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> but, yeah, they're busting their butts, that's for darn sure. And they're doing a great yeah. job. Yes, I am proud of them. Yeah, I am as well. I don't, 
I, I do watch a little bit of wrestling. I'm not, I probably would say I'm not as much as into it as, as I used to be, but I do catch it, you know, every here and there. And, and I think the show next month for the all women, that's going to be awesome. I mean, I, I'm proud to be able to say that, you know, we were the first all women. And, you know, if there wasn't girl girls, we wouldn't have divas. We wouldn't have WWE where the women are now, Highlighted. They're not just uh, an accessory to the men's wrestling anymore. You know, you throw one in here and there. And, you know, to mention Tina Ferrari, she was our girl that went all the way to WWF. And mm. she was Ivory. Yep. And she was, you know, right. she was inducted into the Hall of Fame. So that's something we can be proud of. You know, Hollywood Absolutely. was also, you know, a coach, you know. And unfortunately for her, you know, she wasn't able to do it because she had an injury. But it wasn't that they weren't pursuing other glow girls, you know, so that's something, you know, to look at where, you know, Ivy was hot. She was, I mean, and she was mean and she was awesome. And, and the girls today, you know, the women are, are not just doing candy kind of girly things, you know, I'm watching some of that stuff and it's like me watching Hollywood do that leg scissor crap, you know, I mean, half the stuff I see that I'm scared, you know, so it's, it's exciting though, you know. Sure, it's yeah. exciting. I mean, I talk to some of the men that watch the men, and they're like, hey, man, we love to watch the women because the things they do, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's different. It's a little different. I watch uh, occasional matches when I see them airing on TV, and then I, I'll see stuff online here and there. And there's some really good wrestlers out there. Uh, I think that WWE is late to the game when it comes to the women, I mean, back in the day, they would have women on all their cards, but they would never air their matches. Mm. So you got two girls, Bustin Keister, doing phenomenal matches, you know, and then they'll, if you were lucky, they'd show you uh, in the ring for like literally, you know, 10 seconds or something. Oh, and the girls had a match and on to this, you know, it's kind of sad. And now that they're, the thing is, is um, their business, they run it like a business and they finally see uh, the business end of it. So they're going to, they're going to try to capitalize on it. Since I'm a flyer, I love watching how they flying and the, how they're incorporating flying moves and, um, uh, you know, just basics. Mm -hmm twists on the basics and uh, just how fast they move and, and their athleticism is awesome. Uh, ladies, you're also going to yeah. be coming up on a cruise, right, in some conventions. Can you tell us where maybe some of the fans uh, can see you coming up uh, who've never probably met you before? Um, so coming up, well, first off, we have Stan Lee. The Stan Lee Comic Con is uh, coming up uh, the end of October at the L.A. Convention Center. So we're excited about that. People can come out and see us there. Um, then after that, That's October, October 26, 27, 28. And then um, we've got uh, Rhode Island Comic Con, and I went to that last year and the year before. So there'll be Gremlina there, myself, and April will also be there. Um, that's in Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island, and that's badass. That's huge. Um, And then after that, our cruise. So we've got the original Glow Cruise going out. Um, 
Uh, we're figuring out dates. We're looking at March now instead of May. March is marching a little bit better for everybody. But anyway, that's out of Long Beach, seven-day cruise. Um, it's going to uh, Mazatlan, Cabo San Lucas, and Puerto Vallarta. Uh, and uh, that, yeah, that uh, URL is uh, www.originalglowgirls.com, originalglowgirls.com, all one word. We hope people can come out and... Uh, and hang with us. It's a good time. And it's like a, you can join and be part of our little sorority and just be with us, you know? Sure. Well, ladies, you know, I wish I could talk to you all night. Uh, but for the fans listening to you now, uh, the world of social media is pretty big. Do you, do you ladies, are you still on uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatnot? Where can the fans yes. maybe keep up with you today? Yes, uh, this is Hollywood. And uh, Twitter, it's Twitter. So it's at Glow Hollywood. And if you guys are into Instagram, it's official Glow Hollywood. And I'm on um, Facebook as April Enriquez, E-N-R-I-Q-U-E-Z. And that's uh, Facebook. On um, Instagram, I'm at uh, Blow Royal Hawaiian 25. And Twitter, I'm at Blow underscore Royal. I'm uh, Cheryl Lightning Rusa on Facebook. And Twitter, Glow Lightning. I'm on mo- uh, most of the, all the social social media stuff, and I do have a website which is kind of half down right now. So um, I don't have any page for um, selling stuff, although I do list stuff on eBay. If you guys want to look up T-shirts or you know, I've got patches and I've got my own art out there uh, and my logo, a little brat logo. It's basically a beat up teddy bear. And for all our updates, if you go to Twitter at Glow Wrestling, G-L-O-W-W-R-T-S-P-L-I-N-G, Glow Wrestling. We have great guys that man our social media. We have Mike Land and um, Michael Carr. Michael Carr. And they do, yeah, and they do a great job keeping all of our stuff updated so the fans can, can have all the latest 411s on us. So, yeah, and if you, you guys have any um, events in your area, Drop us a line and let us know, uh, you know, contact Hollywood or myself and we'll look into them and see what we can do. But um, we try to, to get as much as we can when we can. So, you know, um, Hollywood and Lightning, they're, they're working girls still. They have, they're the only two that are still left of the Glow Girls that, that still wrestle today. And then uh, Lightning does something. So for the most part, those two are... are Jamie's wrestling in all over the country anyway, so you can catch her <laughs> flying somewhere possibly. But, you know, so they, they, they do a lot of work. I'm retired, so I'm retired from the airline after 25 years, so I kind of try and get a little bit of glow work in every day and, and then do some other stuff or do some sure. other uh, entrepreneurial kind of stuff. So sure. that's my, my deal. But, yeah, so, but, you know. Get, get the info out to the fans and we'll be happy to chip into them. Definitely. Well, uh, ladies, we wish to hope to see you here in the Northeast uh, uh, pretty soon. Hopefully, maybe you make an appearance with another wrestling podcast, our show. Uh, we thank you so much That's for great. taking the time out tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Aloha. Really Bye-bye. Thanks, Steve. When you got the you feel the
Alright guys, uh, a crazy week in wrestling, uh, a lot of shit to talk about, a lot of different topics, but there's a few that we could just uh, pretty much talk forever about, but one thing I find funny is that HBK returned on Raw to confront, or he didn't confront Undertaker, Undertaker just kind of came out, uh, uh, promoting an event that is still well over a month away uh, from happening in Australia, and I'm like, I thought I thought it was happening this month, I thought it was happening in a few weeks, but it's not until October, so... Do you think they pulled? I mean, I know they got to create some buzz behind this, but it's not like a Survivor Series. It's not the Royal Rumble. It's just another show in another country or whatever. And I don't know. I, is it too too soon for this kind of promotion? I figured they would wait at least till the Go Home Show or something to really amp it up. But we're like a month away. People are gonna forget about this by then. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, son. Right now, that promo with between Taker and Shawn Michaels made me forget that Triple H was even involved in this storyline. <laughs> One more I match. Had to it was just like I, I don't know what they were trying to prove there, but they did not. For me, they didn't get over Triple H versus Taker. They got over Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. And and honestly, yeah, I don't want to see that. Undertaker Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I apologize. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Okay. And that's really honestly, that's not a match that I want to see because you know I don't want to see Taker. I don't want to see Shawn Michaels in a match against Taker because Taker can't go, in my opinion. I don't think he can hang with Shawn Michaels. I think Shawn Michaels still got some gas in the tank. I just don't think it's going to be a great match versus a guy like Taker. It makes sense that that would be you know a match, but I, I don't. I personally don't want to see it. However. Just their interaction in the ring alone just made me forget that Triple H was even involved in this. Made me forget that that match was even happening in Australia. I was more invested in hearing what these two had to say than anything else. That was kind of like a, a dumb decision on a WWE. You, you really didn't build the match. You just built something else that you're possibly planting seeds for for <laughs> WrestleMania 35. There you go. <laughs> Are you ready? You ready? You guys ready? Ready. We're talking about. Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, right? Yep. Guess yeah. what? what? Didn't see it. <laughs> Didn't see it. And you know why? Why? I turned Raw off. I looked at my clock at exactly 8.43. So let's run down what I saw in these 43 minutes real quick. <laughs> Probably the most pathetic, shitty pull-apart brawl I've ever seen at the beginning yes. of the show. I saw Brie Bella give new meaning to suicide dive oh my twice. god we have One to talk <laughs> oh wait 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 there's more there's more and i saw the greatest new pairing of a tag team and bobby Roode and that sleeper pick of my colognes chad gave and i said you know what, what is going on over there i, I said you know what i'm gonna watch <laughs> reruns of nypd blue on hulu and that's what i did for the rest of the night i was so frustrated i didn't even watch smackdown until about an hour and a half before the show you it, know what pissed me amazing. off about that pull apart brawl was the fact that granted like the, the shield got arrested why why didn't like drew mcintyre and them get arrested too you know why <laughs> because the heels are being protected by and, the heel general was, manager and they had Renee Young on commentary, and she was just and she brought that point up, and I had to sit back and think. I was like, "This bitch is telling the truth. Like, why why aren't these guys getting arrested too? Wait, wait a minute." And then, and I'll tell you something, man. I don't know. I've never been arrested and arraigned that quickly in my entire life. I mean, they got Broke arrested. Out. <laughs> they went to jail. They happened to got the chance to see a judge at nine thirty at night. 
mm. which I don't know any courts that have judges there at 9.30 at night. And they w- were Weren't like, they in Detroit? I don't... Uh, oh, that was SmackDown. No, they were in Ohio. Oh, that's very possible. Yeah, and then... Fight of Ohio. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they were released on their own recognizance. Mm-hmm. And recognizance. I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Whatever the word is, I don't fucking know. <laughs> ROR. I, there you go. Use the acronym. That's my boy. ROR. And I don't understand how all this happened in the span of an hour and a half. It's just, whatever Creative. justice system they have in Ohio, like, <laughs> wow. Creative, man. It's like, what is going on with Raw? It's like night and day to where like other things are happening in the world, but it's like they have a blind over everything, and they're just still chugging along doing the same old bullshit that they, they think they can keep getting away with. I don't know. Hey, let me let me ask you guys this quick question, because we, we brought up Taker and, and Shawn Michaels, and this, kinda, this question just kind of popped in my head. Mm. Now, you... you you obviously know that Vince really can't rely. Like he, it's not that he. Well, let me take the back. He can't really rely on the younger talent to get stuff done. It's not that he can't rely on. He just doesn't trust them. But so he pulls out Taker and Shawn Michaels to try to increase ratings. Do you guys think bringing out a guy like Taker and a guy like Shawn Michaels was kind of like an answer to get them to get the fans talking more than all in? Like kind of like a, like a rebuttal against all in like well you guys are going to have this show where i'm going to have the wrestling community talking on monday more now because i'm going to bring out if you were going to do that like i would have opened the show with that or have sean either way either way they were on the show people were talking about it is that is it that way is it the wwe's way of trying to overshadow what all in was this past weekend if they were going no you know why I don't feel that way because if they did, if that was their plan, I would have put on a better fucking show. Because let me explain something to you. Dude, everything on Raw was a steaming pile of shit. That's horrible. I just finished watching SmackDown. And from beginning to end, I was like, holy fuck. Every division has a direction. The tag division is on point. The women's division is on point. Fucking... Uh, everything and i fucking look at raw and i'm like raw is everything that is wrong with wrestling <laughs> and smackdown <laughs> is everything that is right about wrestling and then i watch 205 live and let me tell you something that is by far one of the best episodes i think i've ever seen if you if you never watch an episode of 205 watch this week's tjp and cedric alexander in the main event and you had tony niece and grand metal leak put on a barn burner to open the show and Dude, it pisses me off because the seats are fucking empty. Uh, Everybody moves down. They need to go to full sale. They They do. And you want to sound on SmackDown, you bring up SmackDown, you got a guy like Daniel Bryan putting on main event caliber matches every week on SmackDown. Andrade Cien Almas, and that was a match I said that I would love to see him fucking in. And Jesus Christ, it did not disappoint. There's not a match on SmackDown that disappointed. Well, let's go back a little bit because you mentioned what you blew through on Raw. And, uh, okay, first with Brie Bella, I I keep bringing this up because she (laughs) retired, right? She retired. They did not once say, oh, I'm coming out of retirement for a few matches. It's just like, oh, we're back now. What? Or did, did you run out of money? Did you cash too many? Like, 
what happened that you had to come back and but it's just no mention and, of it's not like Ric Flair came back out of retirement or you know it's like you came out of retirement and now all of a sudden you're back on the main roster wrestling and why the fuck is she on both shows yeah it was so, okay so meanwhile she she breaks the retirement whatever clause of just just okay we're well, gonna forget that I retired uh, and just to wrestle. I know this is probably building up for evolution, but they could have brought it up saying, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to come out of retirement to, to prove whatever. Anyway, that doesn't happen. Meanwhile, you have this whole evolution going on, right? The women's evolution, going to the, the pay-per-view evolution, and you have a lot of women wrestlers who are probably light years better than the Bellas. And it's almost one of those things to where it's like you don't want to see Shawn Michaels come back and wrestle because – He's not going to be the same Shawn Michaels as 10 years ago because we're going to see, you know what I mean, to where you have her come back and wrestle, and she's not a good wrestler compared to the girls of today. So now she's just making a bigger stink for the division than what it was actually happening for them. What the fuck? She Not only did she miss one dive outside, she missed two of them. <laughs> and it's just like, what? What? This is This is why you should have stayed retired. Oh my God! I think she's gonna fucking make the list. I can't. I can't believe like Brie Bella can make the list, but you gotta leave Nikki off. Not because of that wonderful Chester's, but because she actually looked really good in that match. Nikki is okay, Nikki but Brie coming out, it's like all right. Brie, oh yeah, Brie's. Brie's oh my a, goodness! Oh, I can't. Brie needs to get back to pushing out babies. Can, can we? Can we? Let's. There's a. I actually looked at a list of the things that I missed after. I turned it off. I missed Bobby Lashley and fucking uh, Jinder Mahal doing like. Wait, wait, that's not um, even that's not even newsworthy. Let's get the Shield uh, two and a half men, if you will. Oh they- God! Yeah, another <laughs> terrible thing. All right, we all saw this. Uh, the authors of Pain have a new manager who dresses like he's going as Halloween as one of the authors of Pain. <laughs> Fucking dr- Yo, can I tell you something real quick? Dude, on 205 Live, like Mustafa Ali walks into Drake Maverick's office and, and, and says, yep. Oh man, I, I was kind of hoping that you would still have on that awesome AOP. <laughs> and he goes, What I do with my time on Monday nights is none of your concern. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is just bad. Oh, I, think, I think he'd be great. For AOP, but I don't want to see him dressed up like AOP. <laughs> it looks so like, put, put weird. Put him in a suit or something. Yeah, he could talk for them. Oh man, the suit <laughs> would have been fine. Yeah, it's like the suit would have been fine. I would never even brought it up, and you know, okay, fine. He's managing them. Okay, that's great. But he's walking in there, look go- like googly eyes, like looking at him as they're walking. And he fucking looks like he's going as the authors of pain for Halloween. He looks like a little fucking kid standing next to him. Do not. He lo- they look like the fucking shield. That's what the shields <laughs> wore. Like, why can't they give them something else to wear besides I, fucking I riot wait. gear? What's with the riot gear on everybody? Come on. I can't wait for that. Paul Ellering didn't wear that shit. He looked great with them in his black suit. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can't wait. Drake oh. Maverick needs to do. I, 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 like I said, I, I, I can't wait for that. That three-man stare down in the middle of the ring to hear the crowd chanting, "This is awesome!" When you got fucking Drake Maverick and AOP oh, face to face with the Shield, they're all dressed the same. Oh, Yo, you, you know what else? You know, you know two bald Albanians, jacked up Albanian dudes with this little blonde midget and fucking black <laughs> riot gear. This has got to be a fucking rib. Uh, Somebody tell me this is not happening. No, the day the day that, that happens when they're all six guys are standing in the ring, like just ready, like just face to face. You know, Vince is in the back laughing his ass <laughs> off, 
ribbing no, the hell why, why? at everyone. Somebody explain to me the other thing. Like, because I remember <laughs> them saying on NXT, and that could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they said that they're Albanian, right? One is Albanian, and I, I forgot what the other one is, but I know one of them definitely is Albanian. Is one of them uh, maybe Punjabi then? Because they kept saying that they were like Punjabi when they were on Raw. I was like, what the fuck, Cole? Are you stupid? Cole's a moron. Oh. Uh, you, you know what else, Raw, what they did, they dropped the ball on? Kevin Owens. Mm. Oh, I thought he said he quit. <laughs> Back the next they week. They did something big with that. I mean, the rumors were that he was supposed to be the next Paul Heyman guy. And if they would have kept him off of TV for like, let's just say they kept him off for like a month, right? And they brought him back with Paul Heyman. I thought that would have been great. I feel so bad for this guy. And they completely dropped the ball. That That's that's one of the best heels in your company. And that's what you're going to do. Like, really? If you look back, though, if you, if you look back at the past few years, year or whatever, it's amazing they give a guy a championship and then look what they're fucking doing now. Like, look at Kevin Owens, one of the probably the most decorated guys who came in from NXT, whatever he, you know, all the championship championships he received and whatnot. Most decorated guy now, we don't know what to do with him. Look at a guy like Jinder Mahal. We had that Jinder Mahal experiment last year as a WWE champion. Now he's a fucking joke. Like, what these guys are going to be, you know, the lineage of your championship to where I'm not saying you have to push all these champions forever, but if you have, if you have in your whatever, your heart or whatever to make this guy a champion, and now he's not champion anymore, okay, but now we're just going to make a joke of it. It's like, what does the being a champion mean anymore? Do you really want to be a champion? Because then you get look what happens to Kevin Owens. Look what happens to some of these guys. And it's like, what the fuck are they doing? I think with it these depends guys? on what show you're on, Credo. Because if you look at somebody like oh, yeah. AJ Styles, who's getting pushed to, and and that's the thing, they don't have him like completely, you know, shitting on and uh, any guy they put him up against. Like they have him in competitive matches. Guys like Rusev. This new feud with Joe. Uh, I, I, there's another guy I'm, I'm missing that I, I wanted to mention, but you, you get my point. These are great fucking matches. And, dude, when, when John Cena left, like, AJ Styles picked up that ball, and he is the face that runs the place. I, I hate saying it because I didn't think he would be able to, like, maintain what, that status that he had when he came in, but he's maintained, if not fucking surpassed it go to smackdown after raw he goes home and smackdown is ran by triple h and road dog i mean granted i'm not backstage i don't know the true facts behind it but that's you know what i read on the fabulous interweb and pretty much i mean if it's that that's the case like yeah it it's the proof is in the pudding i mean you could see the difference it's night and day you know what i hate about these fucking marks too just what I read on the internet, because like it, you know, it's funny was somebody made mention of who, who's the uh, the, the big girl, Nia Jax. Nia Jax. Oh, Vince is unhappy with his weight, so he sent her like, you know. To, to, I'm like, really? Oh, he's probably doing the same to Kevin Owens. I'm like, you <laughs> fucking marks. But then, like, I was wondering myself. I'm like, yo, where the fuck is Oscar been? Was she injured? And she came back looking like. Like, she dropped a good 10-15, bro. I wouldn't be surprised. Dude, she looks fucked. Like, she was fine to me before, but she looked a little thick. You know what I'm saying? Like Vince doesn't like fat people. Let me tell you something. That girl came back, and, you know, when when that robe hit the ground, 
I thought I was in the, the massage parlor because girl was looking fine. I said, oh, my God. Damn, Oscar looked fine. But then she started whooping asses again. I'm like, thank God. Because the last thing I want to see is another Iconics run. Somebody needs to break one of them bitches' mouths closed. You know, like, permanently shut it. Because I don't want to hear Peyton Royce cut another promo. <laughs> or Billy Kay. Just stop talking. Oh, yeah. They come out. They walk out to the ring. The first thing I do is I grab that remote and I push mute. <laughs> and I stare. I mean, they're lovely ladies. The Aussies. I mean, yeah, and they're not terrible in the ring, but no, listen, like I, I feel about them the way that Mike felt about Paige. You know, he just wanted to, you know, sh- tell her to shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, at first I didn't mind the Iconics, but yeah, their little promos are kind of getting a little, you know, too yeah. much. All right. Well, you know, guys, what's happening on this week too? Speaking of more women's stuff, uh, the May Young Classic two is happening right now. Uh, the first uh, episode dropped this week. Uh, now, not even talking about the matches because we'll get to that another time. But whatever. Uh, all in all, though, I feel like there's not as much hype as there was last year. Granted, I know they have like they put out the bracketology videos and who's fighting who. Uh, but I don't know. I just feel like hey, it's out and it's there's no. I don't know. I, I don't think it's like as big of a deal as it was last year, maybe. I don't know. I'm just getting that feeling a little bit. You, uh, think, yeah, it, you, you think it lacks the star power of the first one? Uh, I don't know how much you were a big fan of that girl, Viper. Viper. Yeah. I uh, read all the spoilers. I'm, I'm, I don't really care. I, I read them, too. I was one of the things. I, I read through to see who's, who's, who won I don't want to know, it. bro. I don't want to know. I'm rooting for my girl, Tony Storm. That's my boo. That's my new love of life. I, I, I wake up every morning... Because she exists. <laughs> because she exists. Well, uh, last uh, last but not least, you mentioned AJ Styles, though, Cooter. Uh, a milestone for him this week. He has held the title for over 300 days straight. As a result, he joins Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund, Pedro Morales, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Kevin Nash, John Cena, and CM Punk as the only stars to achieve this. So a big milestone for AJ. Don't forget about Brock Lesnar. Uh, she, uh, well... He's not mentioned here. I don't know. I'm just reading the dirt sheets again, guys. But that's some of the names uh, of the 300 club or so, whatever. Hey, here's a fun fact. I just realized. You guys see the Universal title at all on Raw? Oh, shit. You know, it was funny. I did notice that. You know, Roman didn't... I really did. I was like, what the fuck? You wouldn't you come down to the ring? And, and Seth didn't even have the IC belt on him either. I could have yeah. sworn he walked out with it. Didn't he walk out with it? No, he didn't. I think he walked out with it. No, I'm, I'm positive he didn't. He, they didn't walk out every time they were out there. Oh, they, well, they walked out from the, the crowd in the beginning. None of them had their belts. They're, they were afraid uh, that they would get lost in, in you know the stolen property room of the police station where they were allegedly went. The, Did you see Seth's arm, man? That was fucking title. crazy. Universal Why the fuck would you do that spot? Have you not learned your lesson from Goldberg? <laughs> well, I, they threw him off the ramp, right? And then, like, what your first reaction is to, like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess his arm went through it or what? But he hit that wrong, and he cut up his arm pretty bad. So he was bleeding everywhere. Oh, that was bad. Ugh. But oh, I'll yeah. tell you what. Out of all, though, I dig that Braun, Dolph, and uh, uh, Drew McIntyre stable, uh, whatever you want to call cool him. stable. I yeah, like man, it. it- I don't care that he's heel or whatnot. I think this is like a four horsemen, a triple threat. These guys work together. I like it. And I usually hate when they just throw anybody together, but Dolph Ziggler is 
a fucking awesome wrestler. He's a decorated champion. Drew McIntyre has redeemed himself completely from being in the 3MB. Uh, just a monster of a fucking guy, too. And Braun Strowman, just a fucking beast. And I, I dig it, man. I want to call him the new triple threat. They, I don't know what they're going to name them, but I think they started throwing around the name of Braun's pack or some pack or some shit like that, but I hope it doesn't stick. But uh, I don't know. I dig them. I, I dig them as a force to be reckoned with. You know what's funny? I just thought of something, too. WWE's response to All In was our truth main eventing SmackDown and winning! <laughs> well, you oh, can't be at that on that note. Yeah, you know, I was actually kind of like, it, it was very entertaining. Our truth was trying to, for the past month, has been trying to pin Carmella because in his mind, he saw that not only did Becky Lynch pin Carmella to get a title shot, but so did Charlotte Flair. So now our truth is so confused that he thinks that if he pins Carmella, he's getting a title shot. I fucking love so, him. <laughs> so he's just like, like he's literally like stalking Carmella. Like every time she's done with a, an interview, like she'll walk off and our truth come out of nowhere, or like he'll try he'll come out the, when she's out in the ring and try to pin her. Well, they and, are now they're now a team on the mixed match yeah, challenge season two. It's the first time you saw a feud. You know, being tag teams in a mixed match challenge. How much farther back can we push 205 Live? That show isn't promoted at all. What? At all. We're promoting the Miz and Maurice fucking weekly episodic show on USA, but we can't push the fucking I think show. it's time. I think it's time for NXT to absorb 205. Yeah, Triple H did a, a phone call, I think, last week, and he said that's, I think, his goal is... Uh, it's for, for like NXT to, to absorb 205 live. Uh, I think just have the cruiserweight championship on NXT and put those guys over there kind of thing. And I think he also said too, is that, uh, and oh, don't quote so me cause I'm not reading it is that he said that he wants cruiserweights to also mix it up with any kind of wrestler. It's just and that's only the cruiserweights do. Yeah. And just the cruiserweights can only wrestle for the cruiserweight championship, obviously, but yeah. you know, <sighs> Because I mean, if, you if we're next, gonna do that, we gotta make that fucking show. A it's gotta be a third lot. brand, yeah. It, it, it's not that it's gotta be a third brand. We gotta make that show longer. It's just too much talent. Then, like two well, hours, they said, two hours. They yeah. said they were gonna make it two hours. They were gonna make it two hours. That that's the rumor mill going around on the interweb. I that, think that's too much. I think an hour and a half is perfect. Ninety minute show. Either way, I mean, I I think if NXT takes on takes the the 205 roster and they kind of intertangle with that roster i i think nxt becomes a stronger brand than what it is now for sure yeah yeah because that cruiserweight belt being defended in front of an actual audience that will actually give a shit about it on like a pay-per-view like dude if, if tjp and cedric alexander have one of the best matches of the fucking year if you ask me that shit was Dude, every time I see a TJ Perkins match, holy fuck, I've never seen somebody do it an abdominal stretch while somebody is in the ropes. And he just does some weird shit. And the fucking crowd is empty. It's a shame. Yeah. Mm. Well, guys, uh, this is episode 199. We're, we're coming to a close, guys. We have 199 episodes for you to listen to, to go back and just check out, see how we evolved ourselves on this crazy fucking show. Uh, we started out doing a lot of different things. We tried things. Some things worked. Some things didn't. Uh, we finally got our own little triple threat ourselves going. 
Uh, but guys, I mean, 199 episodes. We're gonna have to reflect back on some episodes uh, moving forward on 200. I've been saying it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna enforce it. So I'm gonna be the Vince McMahon here. Uh, it's not the kiss my ass club, but it's you know. <laughs> but all in all, it's been a crazy 199. But at the end of the day, we'll, we'll talk about what we're gonna be doing. We'll see what happens. Uh, but guys, once again, NotherWrestlingPodcast.com. Until till episode 200, I bid you adieu. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. They think they got the answers. I change the question. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. These are the best in the world, brother. These are the best in what they do. When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. Another wrestling podcast. Another wrestling podcast. Now can you dig that, sucker? <laughs>